everybody. So thanks for tuning in again today to the Docs Sportscast. So uh, for those of you who don't know, the reason is the Docs Sportscast is that is short for Dachshund. That's the two-year-old Dachshund. Her name is Aurora on the cover art of the podcast. Uh, she's a huge, huge fan of sports and uh, big reason for the content here on the channel. So Aurora is loving the consistent basketball games every day during this NBA playoffs. She's a big, big fan of watching the ball bounce on the screen and just gets really excited for it. So with that being said, um, we are closely following the NBA playoffs, uh, everything going on with the games. Uh, currently at the time recording of this podcast, uh, right now the Portland Trailblazers are down to the Denver Nuggets, 46-59, to um, and the Boston Celtics are getting getting beat fairly uh, fairly handedly by the Brooklyn Nets at this point. Score doesn't really dictate as much of a as much of a disparity as it is between the two teams. But 112 to 96 right now, Brooklyn in the lead. So it looks like we will be saying goodbye to Boston pretty soon at the end of this playoffs. Which here's the thing: I'm giving some thoughts on this. You know. Like I said, Aurora's a big fan, uh, loves basketball, loves watching the, the NBA. Um, and the thoughts uh, on these two series is, you know, Brooklyn and Boston. It, it's a shame. It's a shame for Boston. Uh, you know, they're down uh, Kimber Walker tonight, um, as well as most of the season uh, that they've been down from him. And then Jalen Brown, um, you know, arguably their number two player. Uh, he is not playing as well. So, man, both of those definitely hurts those two teams uh it's definitely definitely hurts those two teams quite a bit uh from a production standpoint being able to keep up with the brooklyn nets um you know the fact that boston was able to even steal one game um you know with jason tatum basically basically becoming inhuman uh was was very impressive very impressive it can't be um it cannot be overstated uh to talk just how amazing it was that he, he put on that performance and, and defeated all three of those superstars. Um, even once, it's a huge feat. So really excited that he was able to do that. And man, you know, hopefully uh, we don't see any, you know, huge change-ups. I know there's been discussions of, you know, coaching and things like that. But, you know, I, I think they have a great team in place. I think they have great coaches, a good mix in place. And, um you know, we will see what happens, but uh, I think they need to keep everything the same, stay the course, uh, get their guys back healthy next year, and then see what they can do once they have their, their healthy team back, you know? Um, it's really hard to dictate how good of a team is and whether you should blow up a team and change things up if guys hurt. Um, you know, guys are hurt the whole season, half the season, you know, and into the playoffs. So it's, it's really, really troubling to, to see things like that going on. But uh, to Portland and Denver, now this series is pretty interesting to me. Um, I, I really do find it very interesting. I knew this series was kind of go going to go back and forth uh, from the beginning because if, if you know, Jamal Murray did not get hurt, um, this series would definitely be in Denver's favor. The issue is that Denver doesn't have the firepower to keep up with Portland every night. However... The difference and the reason why this is becoming a very close series is because <laughs> Portland 
Portland is one of the streakier teams out there. You know, they rely on two guards that can really get hot or really get cold. And so that's the big thing. I think Portland is only one player away from being like a, a solid, you know, title contender. And it needs to be some type of, you know, consistent score um, at, at the small forward position. Um, who can, you know, post up a bit, get some easy buckets, be a solid, consistent person every night for them to go to. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a handful of guys, but you don't know who's really going to be available when we get to free agency and whatnot. So who knows what they can end up doing. I don't see them pulling out of this uh, as winners of that series. I really think Denver is going to end up pulling away with it. Uh, I just think they're, you know, overall the better team. Um, in this in this matchup, and like I said, Portland can get really cold, and I just don't see that consistency from Portland coming out and allowing them to win. So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, Denver moves on to be good for uh, Joker, who uh, should end up being the MVP. Um, you know, it'd be good for him to move on to the next round as well. Moving on to the Clippers, Mavs. Okay, so um, talking about the Clippers, Mavs, man, th- this. Series started out pretty exciting, um, but it was always kind of there in the back of our minds. You know, Aurora was kind of calling it from the beginning that, you know, wow, Dallas is really taking it to him. And Aurora was sitting in the corner saying, you know, Luca can't keep that up. <clears throat> you know, Luca, Luca can't keep that up. And uh, at some point, you know, who else is going to step up? And the answer is no one. No one else has been stepping up for them. And it's really been, really been tough to see. You know, Porzingis is there. And sad thing for Pazingas, man. I just, I don't know what's up with the guy, but he is he is not able to be a a consistent go-to person on offense. You know, you just don't see you just don't see him being able to be like the Robin to um, you know Luca's Batman, um, at least consistently. Yeah, sometimes he'll go out there and he'll do really well, but you know he he still lacks a lot of post-up game that allows him to be consistent every game and get easy buckets and allow Luca to get going. Uh, Luca has to kind of get himself going every single game. And right now he is young and he's going to be a little inconsistent. So, you know, that's, that's going to plague him right now. As he gets a little bit older, he will be able to learn how to get himself going easier, um, how to play off the ball a little bit at times, um, you know, work certain plays so that he can get in rhythm uh, yeah, he'll, he'll figure that out over time, and we, we will see that progression, and he will get even more dominant. So really exciting to see that going forward, but, man, here's the two things that's really changed. Okay, one, yeah, Luca's injured, and you can definitely see it. You can definitely tell his level of play has dropped, okay? However, I still think the series was going to get ultimately tied back up by the Clippers anyway, mainly because of their coaching choosing to put Rajon Rondo back in play more. Um, Rondo is playing more minutes, and because of that, they're playing smarter basketball. They're playing more motivated basketball. That's what someone like Rondo brings to your team. He is a he is a leader. He is a motivator, and he he is a smart guy, and he is a floor general. So you know, you got him out there, you're always going to be playing better. So you know, he's a guy that you know I I hope goes into coaching. Um, I think he would be a wonderful coach for an organization. Uh, we'll see what happens, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was rooting for the Mavs. I really was. But it you just couldn't see that happening. You just couldn't see it happening, guys. Um, Clippers just, 
a little too much right there, um, especially if Paul George is, is hitting and stuff. I mean, you're, you're just not going to be able to beat them right now um, if you're that team because uh, it's it's one guy up against two. And then, you know, the numbers, numbers games wins. So, yeah. Anyway, it looks like... Um, Looks like Boston is going to be going home. Uh, 58 seconds left, you know, 108 to 123. Uh, so, you know, on the next episode, we will definitely do a goodbye segment to the Boston Celtics um, as we are not prepared to really say goodbye to them yet tonight. Um, and obviously, this will be airing tomorrow morning. But um, definitely going to be sad to see them go. So we'll definitely do a, a goodbye uh, for them. You know, maybe a, maybe a bonus episode on Friday or something like that uh, to, to say goodbye to them. And... Uh, yeah, so Suns Lakers, right? Moving on to that, that series will start up here in a little bit, or that game will start up here in a little bit. Um, very interesting to see Anthony Davis go down the way he did uh, with his groin injury. Um, this is definitely going to be a plague for them um, throughout the series because Anthony Davis is, is somewhat is injury prone at this point. I mean, I would I would definitely categorize him as injury prone. I would say LeBron James is injury prone. Um, you know, because here's the thing. Here's here's the fact of it. Whether you believe LeBron was just trying to rest half the season, which I believe he was trying to rest half the season um, by saying he was officially injured or whatever, or if you believe, that, like a lot of others, that, oh, no, he was injured and they were just keeping him off the court so he didn't get hurt or aggravated again. Whether you believe that or not, the fact, uh, the fact of the matter is there's way too many times this season that he has been sitting out games because he was injured. And it's getting more and more every season that he plays. So at this point, I would say that him and Anthony Davis are injury prone. I would be highly worried about that. If I'm the Lakers organization, I did not want to build your foundation around that. So I think they've, I mean, they put all their chips in, into two baskets, you know, Anthony Davis basket and LeBron James basket. And man, it's, um, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough because I just don't see the consistency being there for them to end up winning a title again. Yeah, I know they got it last year. And that's the thing. You put all your chips in there to win one title, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe they turn things around. But um, I'm not really rooting for them. Um, there's a lot of other teams I'd rather see win out there, including the Suns, who they're up against, right, guys? And so Chris Paul gets hurt in that first game. And, man, the Suns were out playing amazing basketball. He gets hurt. It gets a little more even, but the Suns were able to pull it out with Devin Booker playing amazing in game one. Then, of course, you know, games two and three, um, you know, Lakers took care of business. They took care of business at home and, you know, did what they needed to do. Um, you know, but then then all of a sudden AD goes down. Um, and then, boom, now, now the series is, is back where where it needs to be, back being competitive series. You know, we really like to see that here. I just like to see series go longer see you know the the best team win out and i thoroughly believe that the longer you play the better team will win out you know a certain team can get really lucky and you know go on a streak of winning three or four games um that can happen it happens during the regular season all the time for teams that are are awful um so it can't happen but uh yeah, we'll see what happens. I thoroughly believe that the Suns will win this series. I think that Chris Paul is getting back into shape after that shoulder injury in Game 1. I think he uh, is starting to come back around, play really well. Um, it's going to get Devin, Bo Devin Booker going a bit more. Um, they have some great role players there. Jameson Crowder, 
Um, Cam Johnson comes in, gives him a few minutes off the bench really well. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton, who, who's an amazing player as well inside, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow, so they're just going to continue to get better and better. So it's an exciting team to continue to watch, um, you know, but Chris Paul only has so much more time, and I would love to see him have some great success in the postseason uh, and make a last-minute run. I mean, who knows how much longer he's going to keep playing. I think he could probably do another two, maybe three years, but um, – you never know. He could call it quits after this year, depending on how the team does. So we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to the Lakers Jazz. Or Lakers, not Lakers Jazz. Bleh. Jazz Grizzlies, okay? So Graz, the Jazz Grizzlies. I am getting so tongue-tied. It's ridiculous, guys. Um, now the Jazz, um, it's now the Jazz's series to lose, guys. This series, it, it started out pretty well. You know, the, the Grizzlies uh, made some noise. And, um, you know, John Morant played really well. Dylan Brooks played an amazing game. Valachunas is an amazing center. Um, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does um, inside in the paint. Nowadays, he's a true center, and there's not very many in the league anymore. Um, but this is Jazz. The Utah's to lose, guys. It really is. Um, with Donovan Mitchell back, the entire dynamic of the team changes. And we've seen that. Ever since he comes back, the, the floor spread out more. There's different mismatches. There's there's different types of advantages, um, you know, for their offense. And so, you know, it's just something where the Grizzlies are just not going to be able to keep up with them. Um, you know, they're, they're just the better team at this point. And the Grizzlies, you know, they're young. They're young, and they're going to develop, and they're going to get better. But right now, they're just not at that level where, you know, they can compete like that um with that that type of team um so yeah that's that's what's going to end up end up happening there um i'm pretty sure um and aurora yep i consulted with her she agrees as well that we see the jazz coming out of there um donovan mitchell just changes everything up uh with that so um all right so next is atlanta and the new york knicks guys this is this has been, this is a series that has kind of been really overhyped, and the, really, I mean, the true reason for it is because of one person, Stephen A. Smith, on ESPN. I mean, yes, the New York Knicks made it in to the playoffs as a number four seed. No one expected them to be that good. I, I called, actually, beginning of the year, um, you know, I... I called at the beginning of the year that I thought they were actually going to make the playoffs. I thought Thibodeau would do an amazing job there. Um, they, I think they have some really good young pieces, and they're going to keep continuing to grow together. I think they're maybe one superstar away. I think they need, you know, I, I think they need a solid small forward that can, you know, get consistent easy buckets. And maybe R.J. Barrett can get there. Maybe he can get to a consistent scoring effort. But right now, he's just too young. And he's not able to do that. And this is a consistent problem that we're seeing, guys. With with young guys coming out, as young as they are, into the league, they're not consistent. They can't keep up doing what they're doing every night. They don't know how to adjust and make the right, the, the right um, you know, changes to their game on a nightly basis to always perform well. And... You know, like a lot of these guys, they would learn that. They would learn that in, when they're in college and they, if they stayed in college, but they're not. And it's sad, guys. We just have to go through some pains of, you know, guys not playing really well 
And then all of a sudden, three or four years into their career, now they're starting to hit that level we expected. Um, but it's really tough for them. They get a lot of criticism and crap in the beginning. And it's like, guys, they're, they're not ready for the NBA. They shouldn't be ready at this point. It's too early. Give them some time. Um, which I hope the NBA just goes back and adjusts all that. But anyway, that's really kind of where the Knicks are. I think they're in a great spot. But as Derrick Rose continues to age, they're not going to have him as a leader, a floor general. I mean, he does for them what Rajon Rondo does for the Clippers. I mean, he he's playing amazing basketball. And being able to revamp his game and change it, you know, I, I've grown so much respect for Derrick Rose. I think he's amazing. Uh, player and I think he tried to do a lot of things the right way and obviously he needed some mental help and things like that a little bit early in his career um, and obviously after his injury that he got you know it was really it was really hard for him to be able to get back to where he is now because he completely had to change his game and he has done so so very proud of him for that um, great player um, yeah I, I wish we could see him more but man I really think that tonight um, you know the the night of of this uh, episode premiering, so on Wednesday, um, I really think Atlanta's going to take it and you know close out the Knicks. Uh, they, they just don't have the consistency. They don't have consistent firepower that's enough to you know keep them in there. You know when you get in the playoffs, it's yeah you can have big men play and it can get you it can get you so far. It can it could win you a title. It really could. Look at what the Sixers are doing with Joel Embiid. The problem is. Julius Randle's not Joel Embiid, and he's not going to be. He doesn't have the fit. He doesn't have the physique to do it. So uh, they definitely need to make some adjustments there to, um, you know, get more competitive next year. I think they're a great team out there, and they're probably one player away from really being able to like contend. So we'll see what happens with that. And then Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers. <sighs> This is so, it's so frustrating. It was so frustrating to watch Joel Embiid get hurt. And it, and it was just like, come on. Like, everybody was kind of sitting there thinking, like, okay, when's this going to end? The Sixers always, you know, since they have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like, they always have something go wrong. They always end up losing. How are they going to screw this up? And he goes down. It's like, yep. You know, the like the little person in the back of my head was like, "Oh, I told you so." Uh, yeah, sorry, that was Aurora. So Aurora was in the back background telling me, "I told you so." That the Sixers weren't going to be able to close it out in a in a sweep. Um, however, Aurora and I both agree that they will still be able to beat Washington. Um, we actually believe they will end up beating them um, tomorrow. Um, so the the day that you guys are listening to this, um, we actually believe that they will beat them in Game 5 to advance um, with or without Joel Embiid, uh, but they do need him to make a run. They desperately need him to be able to win and advance in the next round. Um, you know, maybe not so much because, you know, it's, it's the, the Hawks that they're going to end up playing, which... The Hawks are not a pushover by any means, but um, I really think the matchups would favor Philadelphia quite a bit in that type of series. Um, I, I, I thoroughly believe that, you know, if you look at those two teams, you know, Tobias Harris 
I, I don't see someone on Atlanta's team that would really match up really well with him. And the fact that Philadelphia, all they really need is shooters. They had a great run when they had J.J. Redick. They let J.J. Redick go, and they had a bad year. And then now they've got Seth Curry, and they've got I, – I mean, they've got two or three guys out there that can really shoot the ball um, consistently out there with them. So um, that, that'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that goes if they're able to, um, you know, keep shooting the ball well, keep their offense rolling. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, they're definitely going to beat Washington. I don't see Washington being able to come back. Um, and make that a, a real series anymore. So now um, we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup because, you know, at, as we were talking about um, while we were recording this, Brooklyn did end up beating Boston. So it will be the Brooklyn Nets up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now this is, this is going to be a much better series than Boston. And I actually... And it's hard to it's hard to say this. It's hard to say it because there's gonna be so many doubters and so many people listening saying, you know, you're off your rocker. What what do you mean? There's no way that that's gonna happen. But I really think Milwaukee's gonna end up winning this series because simply, if you look at Boston and you look at what they did with Brooklyn, Boston was able to win one game. And they were able to be like really competitive in two two games the one they won and the, the first game of the series <clears throat> in those those games um you know Jason Tatum if you look Jason Tatum was really able to do a lot that he wanted to do he was really able to to get off and get a shot off you know make create mismatches and and score kind of at will well Boston didn't really have a lot of other people that could do that and so if you look at Milwaukee they have Drew Holiday they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they have Chris Middleton. All three can get their own shots, can score at you know when when they want to. Um, they they can score and make things happen. Um, and you've got some really good role players now, as well as there are there's much better matchups inside. Brooke Lopez is going to you know keep those stupid lobs to Nick Claxton from happening. Um, so I really think Brooklyn's going to have to make adjustments in that series. I think that Milwaukee will come out and punch them in the mouth. I really do. Um, you know, Brooklyn plays a lot of finesse basketball. And Milwaukee, man, I, I think Drew Holiday gives them a, a defensive toughness out at the perimeter they needed sorely, um, you know, last year. And I think that that will help. I think Middleton will be able to play some solid defense. I think... They've got some some guys on that roster that can definitely get out there, and then they can play some defense and check some guys, you know. But it's going to be a more physical game than what Brooklyn is used to, and what Brooklyn's going to be willing to play. For that reason, I think it's going to definitely make them uncomfortable. I think it's going to make the big three uncomfortable, and yeah, I I, I think that Milwaukee will win. Uh, Aurora agrees with me, and we do think that it's going to happen in six games. Um, if it goes, if it goes seven games, it, it's not as likely, but, I, but we think that they will win in six. We think that they will win in six. And, and, you know, our honest opinion is that 
um, Milwaukee punches them in the mouth in the first game, takes that first game, and then just wins their home games after that. And that's all it's going to take. So that's that would have them winning in six. So that's our prediction for it. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a great series both ways. And I would love to see Giannis end up winning um, a series like that because, you know, that team kind of built their team the right way. They built it from guys they drafted. They built it from guys that, you know, superstars that they brought up and cultivated in the league. And, you know, Brooklyn, none of those guys are Brooklyn players. None of those guys started in Brooklyn. Brooklyn never invested in those guys. All they did was sign a bunch of free agents and spend a bunch of money to have a great team, you know, overnight. And I don't respect any team that does that. I don't respect any team that, that does that. So I like teams that build their own team and, and build their players up through their system. And Milwaukee's definitely done that quite a bit. You know, definitely they brought in some key players, you know, Drew Holiday and things like that. But for the most part, they've they've really been building this team for a while now. And I want to see them have some good success. So let's see. Moving on from the NBA playoffs update, guys, we will look at um, some other things here. So first off, we're 24 hours into the spicy offseason moment for the NFL. Um yeah, as many of you are aware that June 1st, uh, once we hit June 1st, there is incentive for teams to be willing to move on move and, and move some players around, certain players around. You know, Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers are the main two that are being talked about. Um, so far, there has been nothing um, happening at, at this point, and this is um, 10.25 p.m., um, on the first, uh, but I don't see anything happening overnight. So we will be 24 hours in by the time this airs, and uh, yeah, nothing will have happened so far, and we'll see. Aurora and I still believe that Aaron Rodgers will still be playing for the Green Bay Packers next year. We we really believe that, and as time goes on, it's looking more and more like we have we have a better chance to be right as time goes on. So we are excited about that. Um, Hopefully it does end up playing that way. And then Julio Jones, man, there's a lot of places I'd like to see Julio go. Um, I, I hate that he's leaving because, you know, I really want to see Matt Ryan have another chance of success. I think he's a great quarterback and um, losing Julio would definitely hurt the offense. But, uh, you know, Julio definitely deserves to be on a competitive team. He definitely deserves to have a chance to win. Um, he's done amazing things in his career. And, you know, it, it would be nice to see him go somewhere where he can compete and win. You know, I think it would be stupid for him to go to a, to a place like the Chiefs or something like that. I mean, basically any team can move things around at this point in the offseason and get him. I mean, any team can make it work if they want to. But, um, you know, there's teams like the Chiefs and things that I don't, I don't think would make a lot of sense. You know, teams like the Bears and, and stuff, like, just wouldn't make any sense. Now, you know, I think maybe looking at the Rams could make a ton of sense. You know, they have a small window right now. That could make a lot of sense for them. You know, you look at, um, you know, teams like the Seahawks, if they keep Russell Wilson, you know, because that's been a question. Um, you know, that would be a really good team, I think, that could, you know, get him on board. If you're the Carolina Panthers and you're really set on Sam Darnold, why don't you bring in a Julio Jones there? You know, give yourself a, a veteran wide receiver to help, you know, DJ Moore and, um, you know, try to progress that that team from an offensive standpoint because they got a young defense that's going to get better and better every year. So I think that could be a good move too. And if you're the Washington Redskins, why would you, why would you not try? You know, why not try, give yourself another 
another good wide receiver out there and see what you can do. You got a great defense, so you know you don't have to put up amazing points. But you know Julio's going to get you some touchdowns throughout the year, and that might be enough just to just to make you that much better and to help you advance in the playoffs or something. So. Who knows? We'll see what ends up happening. Um, there's a lot of speculation right now, and, and I don't think we can really button down a team at this point. There's definitely some front runners and things like that, but uh, there's so many front runners at this point that um, you know it wouldn't really be fair to come out with a speculation. So anyway, the next thing we're going to talk about is Urban Meyer. Um, oh my gosh, guys, the Urban Meyer stuff in Jacksonville, it's just... It's getting really nauseating at this point. Um, very frustrating to see as well. Uh, so, you know, we talked about how he brought in Tim Tebow and all this stuff. And you know, we talked about frustration with it. You know, does he think that, you know, some of these crazy, ridiculous plays and things like that is going to work in the NFL? Like, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. Um, you know, ask Chip Kelly. Ask some of these other college guys. It just doesn't work. And from what I'm seeing more and more of, I really think Urban Meyer is going to do a horrible job in Jacksonville. I don't want to see that. I, I like Urban Meyer. Um, you know, I hope he hope he does well. But man, you know, he recently uh, he was fooling around with a wrestling bit. Okay. Um, so the owners of the team uh, own some some wrestling league or something like that. I don't really know all about the wrestling part of it. Um, but he did some kind of skit where the wrestlers were like getting into it and fighting with each other in, in his office. And he gave them a laptop to hit a guy over the head with or whatnot. And it's like, are you that desperate for media? Like, are you that desperate to have the media focus on you or have your face on TV or whatever? I mean, that's just kind of what it feels like, you know? Cause like, I get it. If you're a coach at college, like you want your face out there. You want people to see you as the hip, cool coach that, you know, does cool things and participates in wacky stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's going to help you recruiting. But you do know, Urban Meyer, that there's no recruiting in the NFL. Like, you do understand that, right? Like, yes, like, you can recruit free agents like you did with Tim Tebow. Um, but you don't have to do things for, like, recruiting efforts for players coming out of college. You actually have to draft those guys. You have to, you have to use those picks. Maybe you don't realize that because you got the number one pick, so you could just go get who you wanted. Um, but it's not really going to work like that all the time. And so I don't know if you're just that desperate or if you constantly have to have distractions away from the field and away from Trevor Lawrence. Like, look, if it's all about distractions for Trevor Lawrence, if you think that guy is that weak mentally that he has to have all these distractions and he can't handle anything, I'd have a lot of concerns if I'm you. I'd have a lot of concerns. So whatever. I, I just think it's frustrating. I would like to go, you know, two or three weeks without hearing anything about Urban Meyer because, you know, quite frankly, it's just like he's trying to just steal headlines right now. And I don't know if the owners of the team may be like that. If, you know, if they have ownership in wrestling and stuff, maybe they just love to be part of the media and have a show going on or whatever. But I think that's annoying. Anyway, next up, um, Dak Prescott, you know, he's opened up about, you know, mental health challenges in the last year during the pandemic. You know, as a lot of you know, he was hurt. He was hurt, um, you know, throughout the throughout pretty much the whole season. And, you know, the isolation was really hard for him. But here's the thing with Dak Prescott, guys. He's opened up. He's talked about it. He's gotten help. He has seeked help for it. You know what? I respect him for that. I'm very proud of him for that. I'm proud of him for going and getting help and realizing, like, hey, this is not a problem that the NFL has given me. 
It's not a problem that the media is putting on me. This is not a problem. This is not a problem. You know, I need to get help with this problem. I need to seek out help to get better with this. And I give him a lot of respect for that. Um, and I see him having a really great year, guys. I really think that Dak Prescott's going to have an amazing year uh, because he sought out help. And he did things the right way when it came to this mental health challenge that came his way. Um, you know, very different than some of these other people we talked about just on our last podcast on Monday. You know, Liz Cambridge, Naomi Saka, um, you know, like those players, those athletes, you know, they, they talk about things affecting them and upsetting them and, and all this stuff and certain things being too much for them, you know, and, and it's just like you need to you need to be willing to seek out help. You need to be willing to seek out professional help for these things. And good segue from that is actually Naomi Osaka, in a way, listened uh, to my podcast. Uh, I, I highly doubt she actually listened to the podcast. Um, but uh, we called it on Monday. Um, you know, we recorded the podcast um, uh, early that morning. And uh, yeah, Naomi announced the you know couple hours after that that uh, she would be withdrawing from uh, the French Open from Roland Garros. Um, and so she withdrew from that Grand Slam tournament, um, which is what I recommended for her. You know, I, I recommended she get some time away from the court. She seeks some help and, you know, be able to figure out how to work through um, the stress of being a professional athlete. And that includes talking to the media and, you know, having people, you know, you know, bash you on social media or whatever. There's a lot of pressure with it. And, you know, you have to be able to learn how to handle that pressure. So um, that was our recommendation. And we um, are very happy to see that she is taking some time away from the court. Um, very happy about that uh, because I think it's just best for her overall. And uh, she has said that she's taking time away from the court. She has not said that she's like, seeking help or going to be talking to a sports psychologist or anything like that. However, I hope that her saying that she's taking time away from the court means that that's going to be a part of it because I really think that she would benefit from it, guys. I think she would benefit so much from seeing or talking to a sports psychologist, uh, figuring out how to handle some of the stressors and things that come along with these interviews and things that she has so much trouble with, apparently. Um, I think it would help her tremendously. So... Hopefully that happens, um, and you know, since then it's ridiculous because the um, four Grand Slam tournaments, um, a lot of leadership at those tournaments are getting together and like evaluating um, some of her concerns. So here's the thing with that, you know, people are like, oh well, these people are the same people who find her for not being at the, the press conferences, and now they're like evaluating her concerns. Like, they're talking out both ends of their mouth. But here's the thing. I don't think they are. I think that, um, and hopefully this is the case. Uh, hopefully they are getting together and, and discussing the, her concerns and discussing how this is a part of the job and how they need to automatically withdraw someone from a tournament. If they're not willing to talk to the press, if they're not willing to do interviews, hopefully that's the discussion because it is a part of the job. It's a part of the career. You can't just take away the other stressful parts of the career uh, because they're not fun. 
you know, maybe going out there and being stressed out and pressured during a tennis match is kind of fun for you, get your adrenaline going, but the interviews are a part of it too and you need to do that. So um, hopefully that's the discussion and it's not, you know, oh, is interviews too much? Should we not find people? Should we allow them not to do interviews? Like, that's not fair, guys. It's not fair for the athletes that are willing to do it, that are willing to give back to the fans and have interviews and talk because that's what us as fans want to hear and see. That's why we pay attention to the news and watch SportsCenter. Um, you know, and it's, so it's not fair for those ones that do decide to do that and others don't have to. Um, it's a part of the game. It's a part of that profession, that career, uh, and they need to be willing to do it. So hopefully, um, you know, it, it's it's the previous part of that um, of the two that we discussed just now. Um, we'll see what comes from it, but I am glad she's taking time away from the court. I hope she can, you know, get some professional um, help with that. Um, you know, and it's and it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to be ashamed about. You know, there's. There's plenty of things in life, stressors and things like that, and people need to seek help. And I think, um, I think at some point, at least in everyone's life, they should be talking to a professional. Um, at some point in everyone's life, if not continuously through their life, um, you know, life is stressful and life's hard. So, um, especially these types of careers and high pressure, high stakes environments that these athletes are in, yeah, I, I think they should always have, <clears throat> you know, a professional that they talk to. You know, whether it's a licensed psychologist or it's a therapist or, or whatever, I mean, I think they could use regular treatment, um, and I think that would go a long way for them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see um, how things continue to progress. You know, maybe the maybe they are getting together and talking about how, hey, we need to provide a sports psychologist um, at every Grand Slam tournament to talk to the athletes after every match and things like that before press conferences or after press conferences or whatever um, and maybe help them deal with the stress. That's great. I absolutely appreciate that. I think that would be awesome if they could do that. Um, I think they could make it mandatory as well, which would be awesome as well because then it's fair and it's equal to every single player. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. I know uh, it wasn't really as eventful. We weren't really talking about any... Um, you know, any hot takes or anything really, um, in today's podcast. Uh, but that's going to happen sometimes guys. It's going to be a little bit less fiery. Um, yeah, but as the playoffs keep going and as the NFL, um, off season starts heating up a little bit more here, I'm sure there'll be a lot of other things going on. Some hot takes, um, right now, uh, just to update you guys at this point, it's 71, 75, uh, Denver over Portland. I think Denver's going to end up winning this game. And, uh, overall win the series as well as we mentioned so we'll see what happens from that and it looks like phoenix has uh turned around a little bit slow of a start 23 14 um phoenix on top and like i said i think that phoenix will end up winning this series too uh or that series as well so let's see um we're gonna actually change the channel on tv watch the phoenix game and uh let aurora get really excited because she's really rooting for the suns um she loves an underdog because the favorite of a series isn't really ever called something of a dog at all so i think she just likes underdog because it has a dog in the name um but yeah she's rooting for the underdog there wants to see phoenix win so we will see what happens but uh yeah we're gonna do a bonus episode on friday um i've decided we will do that so we can say our goodbyes to the boston celtics um and maybe the washington wizards tomorrow new york knicks tomorrow who knows um when you guys are listening to this we will see what happens later uh tonight um to see 
you know, if anybody else is going home, we will say our goodbyes on Friday and we'll have another topic as well to discuss uh, then. So, yep, that being said, we'll let you guys get back to your day. Thank you. Have a great one. And uh, we'll talk to you on Friday.